Life's a Mitch. G'day guys, welcome back to another episode of uh, Life's a Mitch podcast. Last week, spoke to Jared Weissfilner about being the production coordinator on the television show Scrubs. Um, this is the second time I'm doing this introduction. I stupidly forgot to hit the record button, like some sort of <laughs> audio amateur. Um, if you cast your minds back to episode, I want to say 24, I did an episode with a Newcastle guy named Alan Stevens who has the ability to read people's facial expressions and he spoke about uh, working with some of the crews from Disney on Star Wars films and stuff like this. And uh, he's got his group, the Community Pro- the community Project and the Campfire Initiative as well. And um, through this project, I've been able to meet some awesome people like Kim Dunlop and another few guests I've got coming up. We did a panel discussion a few weeks ago on the topic of dating and um, your boy Mitch, he was at his comic fest self. And uh, this gentleman, my next guest, him and I uh, had a good banter, had a good chemistry, and um, it's got one of the best mustaches I've ever seen in Newcastle. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Thomas Graham. How are you, sir? Second time lucky. Well, uh, second time is going to be better. So because uh, after that rap with Alan Stevens and, and all that um, that movie heritage and, and history, I'm kind of not as up yet, but I'm glad to be on the show and I'm, I'm excited. We, we did have a really good campfire discussion about dating and, and yeah, it was it was awesome. It was like we had known each other for, for many years, but only had met that one hour. And um, you're kind of like my long lost uh, brother from Curry Curry, you know, you're just across the mountain range. You're on the other side, the downslidden side, and, and we're on the good side here in Newcastle. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about Curry Curry. If you lived here, the population's four thousand with three last names. Chances are we would be related. <laughs> oh, hang on. Oh, this, 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 um... oh, what a start. Okay. So what tip what, what what I wanted to get you on today for is just to tell your story because you're an interesting guy. You're you're a man of the Christian faith, is that correct? So Yeah, correct. And you're an you're a, of an yeah, indigenous uh, uh, descent as well. So we'll talk about you know some of the some of some cool stories about indigenous culture because I've have I've had one indigenous guest so far and he spoke about uh, he um, he backpacked around Australia um, twice by the time he was 22. Wow. He he I think he hitchhiked over 5,000 kilometers. So that was an interesting topic. And he spoke a little bit about like um, some indigenous cuisine, like um, I've eaten goanna before, which I quite enjoyed. Um, you know, spoke a bit about, you know, witchy, witchy grub uh, recipes and stuff like that. And he was a really cool guy. So I figured talk a little bit about that, a little about Thomas Grain himself and your time in radio and we'll just shoot the shit. What do you say? Mate, sounds like a fucking plan. Let's do oh, it. Oh, shit. Yeah. So my first question <laughs> to you, kind sir, is, is that mustache hard to maintain? <laughs> um. No, it's not actually. Um, it's it's definitely a, a head turner and uh, a pleasure pleaser. Um, and <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, whatever you want it to be. But uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, staying for a very long time. My mother has numerous times told me to get rid of it and my grandmother as well. But um, it's, <laughs> it's been planning to get rid of uh, like that Movember. Yeah, nice. So, okay, so let's talk about Thomas Graham as an individual. So tell us a bit about yourself, sir. Where did you grow up? Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, what you enjoy and, um, like, you know, what, how do you spend your spare time and about your time uh, getting into radio and stuff like that. Like, who is Thomas Graham and why is he awesome? Um, yeah, I, I am so awesome. Uh, I'm a deadly curry and I love it. Uh, and also, um, yeah, I love Jesus as well. And so over the years, it's it's been a... A real journey on on discovering who I am as a man and, and who I'm meant to be as as a as a Novocastrian as well as a, a Christian and, and stuff like that. But 
uh, it was a very normal uh, childhood upbringing. Uh, was really in the faith. I was had a, a mum and dad, and um, and my father was in my life for most of my life, and which was a blessing. But uh, he was very emotionally distanced, and so I. It was good to have that that structure there with dad and and just growing up. Um, it was it was just a, a regular um, stereotypical Australian kid growing up and and family construct. There wasn't too. Uh, we weren't living lavish lifestyles. Or we weren't doing huge uh, things. We were we were living in in Edgeworth, Lake Macquarie area. I grew up in Westie, so oh, you're only you're yeah. only yeah. so literal next postcode over. I think the closest we got to um, West Wales was Barnsley. There was a house in Barnsley that we we lived in, and and that's probably as close to West Wales as we got. But yeah, always lived in in Newcastle in in the Lake Macquarie area, beautiful place in in this earth, and and I'm very biased to this place because of how beautiful it is. Um, and I did venture up to Brisbane for one year in in 2018 uh, when when family dynamics changed and and mum and dad split. And um, that was tough because I was in, uh, I think year seven, year eight at the time in high school, just starting in high school. And, and all this, this family stuff really, um, and, and also with the, the increase in technology and, and that, uh, I think, well, this is gonna cast you back, MySpace and Bebo, um, that was, and, and MSN, that was, that these people, these young fellas have got no idea about the real OGs of technology, right? When you connected over Bebo, it was the next best thing. Like, and I don't, I, I would love to go back and look at Bebo actually and see how or where it is or whatever it is, if it's still alive. But, um, but yeah, like these, we, we started into to journeying um, high school, but I was very fractured because of my family dynamics and, um, and a lot of personal stuff as well. When I was very young, I, I was sexually abused by um, a family friend's son. Um, oh, and shit, so, I'm sorry to hear that, man. Um, Sincerely, was, that's, that's tough. Yeah, it was it was weird. Uh, it was strange, and, and like I can I can confidently say them words looking back now. But in that time, I was like, "What the heck?" Oh, of course. And I didn't know what what was going on or what would would do. And so it was just like, "This is just crazy." And it just really, um, yeah, that kind of that was kind of the fraction or the the crack in the family dynamics that that restricted my dad's emotions because he didn't know how to deal with it he was very good friends with the father of this this child and they were best friends and and uh if he was still alive they would still be um but it was the cultural aspect that he didn't quite understand or didn't want to 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 educate himself in because he just didn't know i'm I'm guessing yeah so coming into into primary school and, and early childhood uh, and into early adolescent life, it was kind of hard to to understand or to grow into a life that I kind of wanted. Like I, I just couldn't simply dream or or vision because of of what um, had happened. I didn't know how to deal with that. There was no ability to to step out of that. I just had to kind of bottle it up. And and mind you, it wasn't just a, a 600 ml bottle. It was probably a liter bottle down there, and and could explode any second. And um, over the years, like, and there were times, uh, I look back, um, there were times within schooling that, that it was so close to being aired uh, in public that, that it was terrifying. Um, like not because the ramifications of what 
uh, the, the the reputation. I didn't even know the the construct of that word or or, or anything like that. I just didn't know how like I wanted people to be around me and connect with me and 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 be the kind of like the joy of the party but uh yeah it was hard to to get through that because I didn't know what was happening or, or what happened and, and how with that and so there were, there were many years in my early childhood that were were kind of like a, a a lost in in strange emotions of of that pain and and you know I'm so grateful to be where I am now and speaking to you Mitch because it shows um like this this smile never gets off my face now because it's just who I am. I've over over the years have have also fallen in love with culture. Um, after my father passed away in 2011, and and that was really my mission is to to fall in love with culture because uh, it, it it was the legacy that I felt that my father needed me to carry on. And it, with his uh, gifts and his talents, he was a mechanic. He loved cars, and and he was one of the best mechanics in the unofficial industry in Newcastle. Like he was a it was the best, um, oh, what is it, backyard backyard mechanic probably is, is the, the way to put it. So, yeah, it, it was, that was his, but I, I didn't want that. I, I didn't want the, the dirtiness of the oil and the, the, the grease and or the yuck. Like, that's not me. Um, my, my older brother can do that. And so he, um, yeah, I felt that that was the legacy that my father was calling me to carry on with. Um, and, and so I just fell in love with culture. And, and that was really the, the eyes that I wanted um, is we can look at anything in our life, however we want. Uh, but whatever the opposite of the way you're looking at it now, it's just as easy to look the opposite. Well, good. So many things that you said I resonate with. So I also am a child of a separated family. Uh, my parents were, I was about eight or nine when they... Um, when they split. So, you know, I'm still lucky and fortunate enough to have both of my parents around. So my mom's still in the Newcastle area and my dad's on the central coast currently in lockdown. Um, you know, and you take, you're able to take um, snippets of your, your ancestry and your, your lineage. So in your circumstance, you're able to, you know, talk, explore your indigenous heritage and even your mum's side as well. Like, you know, where did, where did she come from? Where, what's she all about? And I think it's mm. good to sort of like sort of break down and go, you know what? I'm curious. So I, I am of Irish descent, um, probably explains my liver of steel. And um, so I, for a, <laughs> for a time, we'll, we'll break down like what I was like at school shortly too, because I, I resonate with, with everything you just said. And I was the next suburb over. Um, and I, um, so I, I moved to England in 2016 and I wanted to tour Ireland uh, mm-hmm. specifically um, as a historian of my family, shout outs to, to cousin John. And he said that he found out that our uh, specific um, Kelly lineage comes from a place called Tipperary. And um so you know, the board Tipperary and uh, did the and then sort of worked our way down to to Glen and did pretty much two thirds of Ireland. You know, I was there for a month or two just driving around, and I feel like I only scratched the surface with stuff. But it's interesting to hear. And um, you know, when I was at school, I I was an anxious kid. I, I wasn't always confident. I was I was bullied a fair bit because like even though I got along with just about everyone, I was a bit of a geek. I played footy, I played mm-hmm. soccer. I liked talking you know goss with some of the girls like I was always get along with everyone but I was always a very like uh scared anxious um not I was I wasn't a confident guy and um through means of learning who I was and growing and growing and 
you know, it's that old theory, the girl that everyone at school wants to date, the gorgeous, you know, blonde model looking girl, <laughs> you get to 25 and we look like this. And you see, she's got four kids, she's single, she's and she's hitting you up on on the old uh, Facebook, how you doing? You're looking well. And it's like, you're like, well, hang on, I asked you out a few times and you shut me down for the year 10 formal. And, uh, but you don't, you know, and you, you, as you said, you could either be petty or you could rise above it. So we caught up for a coffee and uh, we chatted and stuff and we didn't have anything in common, but it was nice to know that like from that point to when I was in my mid twenties up to now that moving forward, like, you know, she's a lovely girl and stuff, but, um, you know, she's got a different path to me and, you know, and I wish her all the best, but I, um, and I, I'm grateful for the way things have panned out so far. I mean, successfully living in Curry, the place so shit, they named it twice. Home of Mullet Fest to a bald man. I mean, there's, <laughs> that's irony in there, isn't there? I mean, and really? on top, yeah, I, I'm a bald dude. I, wow. if I were to try grow a mullet, it would look like fry tuck on steroids feeding him. It would be horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> and, Part of me wants to see that and part of me doesn't. <laughs> it's it's kind of like a car accident. You drive past going, woof, but you just can't help but look. <laughs> and then you hit the ass of the car in front of you and then you get angry. The front That's end. exactly what you'd be going through. <laughs> 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 and I find oh, that. so good. Uh, that's, wow. I um some of the some of the garbage I'm I would call a show bag. I'm full of shit. I say something and the brain catches up and epic face palming all the time, eh? <laughs> it is absolutely mind blowing what comes out of my brain sometimes. And I was I was interested to ask you about your lineage. So whilst you're you know and sincere condolences for your father, and you know, I that's that's a shame because you're probably robbed of a of a lifetime of memories and I'm sorry you lost him at such a young age. That's full disclaimer. I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, and whilst your time in like investing time, and I'm sure you've met some of his relatives and going further back, what are some of the, I guess, what are some of the more things that shocked you about like your family's like lineage, like in terms of like, you know, cultural differences in terms of um, practices or some of the things that have made you go, wow, this is cool. Um, yeah. I, I, the, the sense, I remember walking into um, the Birabans Lands Council probably about 18, 24 months ago, and I've always had the desire to, to confirm my Aboriginality um, because I'm sick of all the white folk going, no, nah, you ain't black, or even the, even the brothers saying, no, nah, you ain't black, bro. Um, and I'm like, no, nah, well, I am. It's just that I'm pale. I'm, yeah, I'm, that's uh, straight I, up. Bigotry I, on this show is not accepted. So for anyone out there who's like, oh, He's not, yeah, I, none of that. So to, to those people, no, that's that's BS. You know, I don't like that. And, and so I just put it in a way that, that people relate to as these. And so I'm just a the extra, uh, like a half half skim, uh, half strength uh, latte. So just with a oh, less wow. brownie and more milk. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm the vanilla milkshake there is. Mate, bring the... <laughs> Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard, as the famous song says. So. <laughs> and it's it's curdled and it's not better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sorry, on. mate. I've interrupted um, you again. It, it's... <laughs> but um, I, I think when it comes to, to looking at my lineage and history, it comes to uh, I, I've learned about 90 or 80 to 90 percent of, of my cultural um uh, knowledge through through the radio station sorry i don't know why it took so long to get that out then but um yeah 
So um, I've had the opportunity and, and great privilege over the last um, two years to be the production manager for uh, Mirama for Life. Uh, Mirama is the Awabakal word for saved. Yeah, so the Awabakal is Newcastle and Mullumbimba is the, the Newcastle term, um, the Aboriginal term for Newcastle. And so um, it, it was... It has been an incredible journey because simply I've, I've volunteered my time. I, I remember the, the time I met uh, the amazing Donna Meehan, uh, who's the host of, of the radio program. And so we, we air that Monday night, 7.30 to 8.30 on 99.7 Rima FM, the station that's here for the whole family. And so I uh, had to put that <laughs> Shameless plug Shameless plug, I love it. Um, and we need, to, we need to save that one because that was the best plug I've ever done. Um, so... <laughs> Also but heard here on Life to Mitch really podcast. Been about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it back, bring it back. <laughs> and and so we, um, <laughs> so that's really been the 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 experience and knowledge building uh, for me is that it's been listening to the stories that that Donna and programs that Donna has put on through just simply volunteering my time uh, when I first became. Um, a part of the radio station, it was simply volunteering. And a lot of today's generation don't understand or, or appreciate the value of, uh, of volunteering um, because, and I'll say it like this, especially in Christian worlds, um, the, the church or, or Christian teaching uh, abuses the, the use of, of volunteers. And so they Seriously? look at it from a money's perspective that it, it's, it's long-term abuse. It, it wouldn't be like, when I say abuse, I'm, I'm talking like it's it's restrictive mentality it's restrictive teaching it's restrictive um um loving like it's there's the gift that we have inside of us and if we can't take that outside uh, of the church and, and invest in the gift that god has given us that's what i believe is systematic oppression and systematic teachings and and it's in the church it's in government it's in in probably anywhere you look um because it's the teaching and so if we don't have a true doctrine in any aspect, whether it's secular or Christian or, or Muslim or what, um, if we don't have a true doctrine, we can't understand and, and build a foundation on who we are correctly because all, everything else is flawed. Yeah, and so okay. in the construct in the construct of, of running governments and, and countries and stuff like that, in a, in a Christian sense, um, like we are told to... to to honor authorities and governments and stuff like that. Uh, but also that same scripture also references the law of the land. And so when we, when we identify that there's governments and also laws of the land, we then have two different laws. And so the law of the land is, is what culture is and where government is the law of man. And so when law of man comes in and, and takes over, which in the Aboriginal culture is very clear um, that it has, we then start to see a, a fractured society and a fractured leadership. And so for 250 years, this country hasn't had great leadership. It's interesting you say that because yeah. like, um, you know, as a man of Indigenous heritage and then practising a faith that was, you know, except not essentially started in, in white culture, you know, whether it was Rome or um, in the early England days it, or whatever, I'm not a religious expert by any means and, I just, I find it one, I absolutely admire the heck out of you for standing true to who you are as an individual. And at the same time, you so, um, with such pride and confidence, 
hold yourself to your religious standard. So, you know, it, it's cool to know that you talk about these days of like um, oppression and use terms like, you know, restrictive and whatever. I think ultimately if people are able to be their authentic selves and be more empathetic onto others, like, you know, a lot of people use terms like, oh, you're this, you're that. No, no, hang on, champion. I might be, but at the end of the day, it doesn't affect you. So I find it cool. So when you, um, you know, so you've done more research into your in, into your heritage and you found things out about yourself, yourself. Because I've never, I've never, like, in my honest, uh, true self, I've never met a, a man who's of Indigenous heritage and practices the Christian faith. So my, my question is, have you all, were you raised to be a Christian or has it always made sense? Or how does an Indigenous man as yourself, knowing the heritage that you, you know, you proudly show, you know, you hear stories of the dream time and my friends have told me that, or my Indigenous friends have said, you know, they practice the lay of the land. And so how does, uh, how does Indigenous man come to practice the Christian faith? I guess I could ask. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm a born again believer in, in Jesus and I'm also a born again uh, Kuri fella. Um, yeah. I love that, that way of putting it. Um, and so, because it, it allows me to say that I've never always been, within myself, I've never always been them. Um, there was a time when um, I was just a, a general kid. Um, like I was just that, that fella. Uh, I was a, a kid growing up in, in Newcastle in the, in the, like from 94 onwards in the, in the, in the new millennium and, and stuff like that. So there wasn't much going on for me. Um, and then through the, the breakdown of family, um, I moved to Brisbane, as I said before, but that's when I started to to invest into um, into religion, or because I, I see it, and it should be always a relationship with with Christ or a relationship uh, God really intended for creation. In the beginning, in Genesis, it was all about function. He created a model that functioned. Why? Because it was good, and He said it was good, and that's functioning. And so we stuffed it up with Adam and Eve, and so we we've come. I came through that journey with a, a guy by the name of Tim Sweetman and an epic, a, a top-notch fella, um, a, an incredible true blue Aussie. He drove around in a Kingswood and he's done it up and it's amazing. And, and he also instilled my dreams and visions of cars. And then, so that was a journey in 2008 till, um, and is still going to today as, as my faith walk and faith journey. And around 2010, 2011, when my father passed away, um, we we started talking before that a little bit more about culture because it was very uh, it wasn't very but it was starting to be advertised a bit more with with the the racism stuff like that in the world and so um we just had a, a general conversation nothing too deep or or meaningful we just um we just started that dialogue and unfortunately that didn't uh end fully because he passed but uh, it, it started the, the process. He planted the seed that he needed to to allow me to to stand up and overcome because not only did he need that to happen, he wasn't sure where his daughter would be. Now, last, last year, um, I had a random Facebook message by a woman um, proclaiming that uh, she knew my father and had a kid to my father. And Whoa. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're telling me. Right. Okay. Um, it was it was so left field. It was I think it was October 2019, and I didn't actually read the message till about November because I was sitting in the message requests in Facebook, and I hadn't hadn't checked them in a while, 
And so anyway, I went through and I'm just saying, oh, right. I went and followed the conversation da, 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 and um, spoke to mum, my mum about it. And, and her emotions really raised red flags for me um, because there was a lot of pain and hurt there. And so that allowed me to, to not only look at the mother of, of the child, but also uh, my mother and, and stand in a place and make a conscious decision that yes, there's going to be pain in this process, but I need to do this for my father. And this is not mum's decision. This is not, um, well, this is not both, my, both of the mum's decisions. This is my decision. And I'm going to do everything that I need to do in this moment to, to, do, to do what I think is right. And I, um, with the help of, help of, of my faith and, and that I started to do that and I took the DNA test, I was open and honest in my communication with her and it turned out that, that biologically she was my father's daughter. And, um, and so I've had the absolute privilege of, of um, learning that I've had an 11 year old sister um, and so I only have not met her in the last 24 months like you can't be the same man and sit in front of a woman that that potentially could end it all or could gain everything and you have to sit in front of that person and be real open and honest and i'm so glad i did that because yeah, it allowed me to to heal like when they're vetting you and and going through the like because they're in the system and um with department of community and justice like they, they vet you and make sure that you're not uh, anyone that you, you say you're not or if you're a bad fella um, or bad person. So it is a really good process, but um, it's, it's been a beneficial one more for me because I have released a lot of that past of the pain off me through, uh, through confession of, of um, our mouths and, and owning that and being aware of that. And so um, there was a thing that I shared that wasn't even on the, uh, the police report um, so that was a God thing there. And that was the biggest thing I wrestled with. And to know that it wasn't on the, on the police report was astonishing. Um, and I knew that God had his, his end of grace over my life. And so, um, that allowed me to step into my, my, um, relationship with Chloe, my little 12 year old sister, um, with a lot more confidence knowing that, that it truly didn't happen and that it's not on record. And so, um, it's yeah, it, it was comforting to know that and, and to release that off my life and to now being here and, and falling in love with culture every single day and uh, wearing it with pride. It's like, I don't, I don't, I, I look at people when they look at me and I know that they're looking at me with a little bit of envy or whatever they, they're looking at me like, but I just smile and I, I love seeing people look at me because I want them to see the smile on my face to break down that barrier of of what culture is, you know, mm. I, I fell in love with culture. So why wouldn't I love people? It's like uh, it's infectious. That's um, uh, man, that's, I was not expecting uh, a story like that, but you know, it's nice to know that you got a relationship with, uh, with Chloe. You said her name was Chloe. Yeah. Chloe. That's cool, man. Is she local as well? Yeah, she is actually. Oh, how um, good. We, this is how local it was when we, um, when we lived at Edgeworth, one of the last houses before we moved to Brisbane, um, we did papers, we delivered newspa newspapers and, and pamphlets and magazine, whatever the, the, the sales things are, catalogs, there we go. Um, and so they were actually within our area 
of our we had to deliver to and that was within our house was also in that area so we had like a kilometer radius around our area or two kilometer radius around our, our house or whatever it was and and they were within that area and so we delivered papers to their to their house every week um <laughs> that's cool and, and i and i think this was way before um dad had had done what what he had done but the pop had and his uh, the pop and then had been in that house for many many years so i think it was like 25 plus years they'd been in that house so that's cool so a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on here in old uh, newcastle town that's awesome man um that's it. and i i resonate with people like yourself who are not afraid to just go you know what i'm a man of faith i'm a man of culture and if you don't like it that's cool man i'm not going to be a dick and just reverse anger towards you it's like that's cool man i'm not gonna ha- i'm not gonna miss a skip in my step i'm gonna keep on going i'm mitch kelly yeah no, i mean i'm thomas grant <laughs> <laughs> but you're 100 right like we thoughts are, are always the starter of a decision and if you think something um and you act on that with the decision to follow through with it that's on you 100 percent like you can love or hate me no matter what. I'm still going to love you. Like, that's my decision. I choose to love you. I choose to, <laughs> to, to produce joy and peace and patience and kindness and, 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 and grace. Why? Because I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to be worked up over some pathetic little thing, right? I want to, like, oh, I just, yeah. Gandhi said, be the change you want to be in the world. And that's my change. I want to be the change that produces love, hope, patience, whatever you want to call it. Like there is a possibility of a better tomorrow. And you know what? If you're watching this, I'm hundred percent telling you there is because I am that, like I made that decision to, to, to dream of a better tomorrow. Uh, And I made a conscious decision to step up and get up and, and go to, what my gift was to strengthen my better tomorrow. We are the change we need to see in the world. It's not some leadership uh, or some government or some, some program. It's you. You are the person that needs to be everything that you are called to be. Why? Because God has given you a gift, man. Like there's, and, and it's not God. hundred percent it is. But there is a gift that you have inside of you. When you activate that gift, then God can move and God can fulfill his plan. But we first have to become everything that we are destined to be. And we can't, be, we can't do that by being angry. We can't do that by being uh, arrogant or egotistic or prideful or everything like that. And, and we just have to be, be loving and kind to, to who we are. Why? Because once you become that, then you become everything the world needs you to be. All right, and we're back. I just had to have a cheeky pause there because I'm sorry for the background noise. This mower is just annoying. But uh, no. speaking of gifts, my gift of uh, patience and blokes mowing in the background isn't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got talking about like, you know, radiating throughout the world and stuff. I'm the same. The reason I do this podcast isn't for financial gain or anything. I haven't made squat, it's a passion project. And the idea is to try and create as many laughs and help people promote their stuff if they want to or you know even just share a story because so far it's been pretty well received and people have messaged me saying hey man guest abc i've uh, i've resonated with or you know i think you're very funny 
And uh, to those people, I say, don't I know it? And, um, you know, it's interesting. And um, so speaking about your gifts and stuff, you're also involved in radio. Can you tell us about your time at Rima and what it is that you do there and how do you get involved and stuff? Yeah, Rima FM 99.7. Um, and that's been a journey for the last two years. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's been a journey the last two years. Assistant. Credits. Um, <laughs> How'd you get involved and what do you do there? Uh, yeah, so first started off as volunteer. Um, met Donna Meehan uh, at the Granary Church and she just wanted to interview me. Um, I shared her a little bit about uh, that I love Jesus and that I'm a, a Koori Christian and um, also rugby league referee at the time. Uh, I just started my, my refereeing career and and had the opportunity to, to referee it. Uh, nations of origin and so i was wearing a, a lot of um indigenous gear that day and and i actually wasn't planning to go to that service because i was working that uh that night and i was working um at the time i was working at the puma petrol station at, at head and greeter there um doing night shift and so um yeah it was really um really really good moment because went up there met her and um it dawned on me that it was her program and I had listened to Miramar for Life um, prior to that. And, and in my spirit, I said, one day I'm going to be on that radio program. And then here I am in front of the woman that hosts it and, and creates it. And then uh, we come in and we do the interview at the old studios at um, Denison Street right next to the Cambridge and um yeah ever since then it's been incredible i i um where, how do i start that's right we moved into the new building here at uh, warbrook in the compassion australia uh, headquarters and she wasn't available to do the panel training and so i said yep sweet i'm available um because i was working nights uh and so i'd come home and and i'd be finished by 6 30 um and so by that time i just said oh give us a couple of hours to have a quick nap and and I'll be in. So about lunchtime and they're like, perfect. We're going to do it around then too. So did the training, come in every time to do the paneling in the new studio when she recorded. I uh, started to meet a lot of people within um, within the, the culture uh, through Donna and and then started putting the program together. And it's a, it's a produced program here in, in Newcastle. It's a, it's a um, Rima, own, uh, Rima owned program i think we we started the the program here at rima and um and yeah so did that for two years just came in every saturday and and did the program and uh, edited and and it wasn't anything in return um because it was a volunteer basis and then then um about three months ago john marks uh, and aaron brown come to me and asked me if I wanted to, to, or if I had the capacity for a paid position. And I said, absolutely. How good. How, <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And so um, there was a lot of stuff going on back uh, internally. There was two of them, two staff about to, to go away on paternity leave. Um, and so they needed, uh, that was, that was 90% of their production uh, team. And so they needed a production assistant and, I said, yes, yeah, sweet, put it on and, and put the, the paperwork in front of me and I'll sign it. And, um, and through that time, even through volunteering, I, I, um, there was times where I went live um, on Rima FM with uh, the Remathon, their big fundraising event each year. And that's a, a week where they, they try and raise funds for, 
for the radio station in the year ahead. Um, and so it was a really cool experience to, to get involved with that um, and then to get a paid pay position. And see, that's, that's the model of volunteering I, I strongly believe in is because not only do we value the work, but also we're willing to, to pay the price for the work and value it through monetary funds. And that's where the church doesn't hit the mark. Uh, they were all about vision building and, and buying the next building, which is fine to, to house that. But at the same time, you've got, you've got people that, that are in that church that are genuinely um, there for, to grow their craft and to build their gift that's inside of them. But then after six months, when they want to step out and restrict their, their volunteering capacity within the church, well, that's when it gets a bit sad and negative and, and disappointing as to make well, it tough. part of the team. We're going to, we're going to have, yeah, we're going to have a heart. We're going to have a hole in the team. And, and right. <laughs> you know what I replied to that, Maddie? So what? Maddie. Like that is, that is not my battle. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mitchie. Thanks, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> my name is right there. No. The program's called I, Lots I, of I Matt. even looked. <laughs> I even looked at the name to make sure of it, and I still got it wrong. We now like, return to just... Lots of Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. Uh, Matthew's, my, Matthew's my middle name, by the way, so that's probably why I jumped straight to Matt. So you look at me and see a part of yourself. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to be uh, scared or or flattered. Um, well, well, the first thing the, f- the first thing you said to me uh, on that campfire panel was, um, what, "What was it? You you already intimidated?" I think it was because of the mustache. I'd have to go back and listen to it. Um, Something like that. Well, I think it was, was... mustache or the inferior. Sorry, it was inferior. I, that was the word that you used. Oof. You're in, uh, inferior because I was in a button-up shirt t- and a tie. Oh, and yes, because you are. Uh... You were you looked dapper AF, and I was just your regular Joe schmuck. I I had my curry suit on. I wasn't wearing any pants, and uh, <laughs> not long shortly after, I sold myself. So <laughs> <laughs> good times. Um, speaking about the power yeah, of volunteering, like I also volunteer at a local station. Shout outs yep. to uh, ninety six five two CHR, entirely run by uh, volunteers, and you know. It's sad because it's it's not getting the funding. They're barely staying afloat. The system's running on Windows XP. And the guy who showed me the panel setup, um, he's in his 70s and still like believes in, you know, running a business. And, you know, they play some ads. But ultimately, it's just the demographic is of retirement age plus, play some predominantly older tunes. And I do a show every second Thursday in accordance with my like work roster because I do it I offside with a girl named Sammy. Shout outs to you. Yep. And um, like, it's been awesome. So I've been there now for whoa, four or five months and I was lucky. Like I just emailed around a heap of places. So where can I get some work experience and this and that? And I didn't reach Rima because I just, I was just working down a list, ABCD and these guys came up, but I've always wanted to get into radio myself. Um, you know, so th- I'm using this as a stepping stone as well as the podcast, because ultimately that's my, my goal is to get a paid position and it's been quite fortuitous to meet people like yourself and you can run ideas for them and you know you can make a network and i think i think that's how humanity best like strives is you know humanity meaning many not just one individual not human humanity so i think exactly the best part about people is when you're able to meet other like-minded folk like yourself 
and um, we're able to to join our resources and 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 fight against whatever we need to fight against. Probably if you and I are together fighting against terrible ratings, I'd imagine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or hitting top ratings. Uh, I think that would be our better better option. Actually, speaking of ratings, I've just popped back into the leisure category. Pod. Oh, I was number one for a while um, after Woo-hoo. I appeared on the Scrubs podcast. And I've just gone back up 40 spots to number 93. So Heck yeah. People are digging life's a Mitch, so uh, or Matt, as I just called it. <laughs> you know, I, so if you apply the same principle, put a B on the start of my name, and then at the end, so bitchy with Mitchy. It sounds a lot cleaner than having a batty with Maddie. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's bitchy. Um, <laughs> oh, that I just made that up in the top of my head. So we now return to having a batty with Maddie, and uh, no. it'll be like. And that's the episode finished. <laughs> that climaxed dramatically. And uh, oh, oh wow, oh dear, it's uh, back to my normal uh, normal routine. I pleasure myself, weep and repeat. <laughs> I'm Mitch Kelly. <laughs> oh mate, you're absolutely bringing the gold standard down to at least a vague bronze. I'll tell you. <laughs> so. We've got insiders to a little bit about Thomas Matthew Graham. And, uh, you know, so you're a religious man, you're an indigenous man, you're practicing your faith and, you know, you're living your best life through culture, through religious beliefs and, you know, trying to present your best, which I admire, I respect, I commend you, all these awesome words. Um, And a little bit, I'm going to share a story that's not been shared yet. So in my later high school years, so I'm going to say year 9, 10, 11, 15, 16, 17, I'll bitch. I, um, I used to go to the Heights Church of Christ um, with my friends, Catherine and Evelyn, when they were involved in that church a long time ago. And um, more, more so Catherine. We used to get youth group every week and I made friends with the youth pastor by the name of Matt. I'm not sure what he's doing now, but all the best to him. And they were training me to potentially be the next youth minister in line there. And they were going to send me to the Planet Shakers Bible College at Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure what had happened. I think Matt had a bit of a falling out with the pastor there i can't remember his name and they went to a different church over at new lambton and i followed them there and uh, they were charged with running the ush there so for those of you who aren't familiar with what an ush is it's out of school hours care for primary school children before and after school and they put me on as a trainee there so i was a trainee child trainee child care worker there for about a year and because of my religious faith i um i'm a man of faith as well um and since from then till now, like I'm not involved in any church scene. I still practice a good moral compass to be a good person, good deed each day. And I pray each night before I go to bed. Um, and I can honestly say that I don't often speak religion because, you know, it's not brought up. It's not that I'm afraid to, it's just that it's never literally brought up. So, you know, you're speaking to a fellow person who not only has a belief in faith, but I believe in spirituality as well. So, asking God will provide as well as put whatever you put out in the universe, you'll receive back as well. So, you know, it's, and to those people out there that say you can only do one or the other, no, you can't, you can do whatever the heck you like. You can, you know, you can practice veganism and you can be a, a butcher by trade. I don't know, probably a bad example, but you know, I just, man, I've got some steak for dinner and I can't wait, <laughs> but you know, that's just, that's one example. You can be a juxtaposition. You can be, you can be like what people would call a 
you know, an op- a compiler opposite, but you can do whatever the heck you like. Like life itself is limited. So do what you want. Do if you want to, I say it every episode, if you want to go and volunteer at your local radio station and hone a career, then do that. If you want to, you know, buy a house, if you want to just do what makes you happy. Even if haters come from inside of your own family, I mean, at the end of the day, if they love you, they'll understand. And if they don't, then we'll, life's too short to, to sit on the sidelines. And now that we're, well, we are, we're lucky here, but predominantly most of Australia is in lockdown. Now we still have to wear masks and check in, of course. But now's the time. Like now is the perfect time to, to do what makes you happy. I mean, mm-hmm. I work shift work and my time is limited. Um, I had a Zoom date with a girl last night. We watched a movie and just had Zoom going. It's the first time I'd done anything like it because she's in a lockdown <laughs> area. But, um, you know, it was it was awesome and it's what I wanted to do. So I, I can't say enough, man. Like, I can't express enough. You know, if you want to finally finish that car you might be working on or take the time because it will keep your sanity, it will keep your humanity and uh, it, most of all, um, you'll just, you'll be a better person for it. And I think that, conversations like this are important yes we can have a laugh and giggle and and carry on like an absolute pair of pork chops there i go again with that meat (laughs) metaphor but um (laughs) life's too short man it it truly is and like our panel discussion relationships some of the important things we spoke about with kim and alan shout outs uh both on previous episodes streaming now um we spoke a bit about like you have to you can't date anyone unless you you know in yourself what you're about and, you know, you spoke about, like, it's important to be level-headed and know, know what you want and know who, well, the kind of person you want to go for. And I think that applies to every everywhere in life. You know, if you know what you want to do, career-wise, uh, passion-wise, personal date, whatever, you know, you're on a weight loss journey, you're absolutely smashing it. I've seen your progress. Congratulations. And, like, you're doing that because you want it. You want to be your best self. So it's, you know, what are you down there, 30 kilos, did you say? Uh, 34. Wow. 34 cent, um, May. Let me get the photo. I want to get the photo up because. All right, um, cool, cool. Well, while you're getting um, that photo up, I'm sure something else will pop up. Hi, all. May, <laughs> May twenty, yeah, tenth of May, twenty twenty. I was 161 kilos um, when yeah, I started COVID, and this this is kind of uh, embarrassing, but that's that's what I was. It's not embarrassing, man. Like that, it's, um, uh, into the challenge. No, oh, congrats, man. That's awesome. Um, it's it's embarrassing looking back there. Um, and to, to let me get to that state, like I, I never, enough. I never said to my, I always said to myself that I, I'd never get to, um, the size of someone that was extremely large that I saw. Um, but along the journey, I, I got close to that and that's the sad part. It's easy um, to do, man. It, it's is, easy to do. Eh? And so it, it, it is. And, um, it, it's just the way that we handle ourselves in, in certain situations, especially with me. I'm, um, I'm a very comfort eater. I love food and I'm a, a qualified chef by trade. Um, and yeah, so my cool. life lessons and everything that uh, my leadership is, is based off the time in, in the kitchen um, and also the time on the field as a referee, because that allows me to, to strengthen my communication skills, but also my analysis mindset in, in what I'm looking at. Like I have to look at a, a ball that is, that is this big by this, that's moving huge amounts of speeds um in short time it's hitting objects it's it's doing all kinds of things it's twisting it's up in the air what whatnot and the ground and and lines so like there's things that you've got to you, you you analyze you you strengthen um because of that's just who you are 
Like yeah. you, you position yourself in the, in the places that you need to to strengthen your gift. And uh, like, you're probably saying, well, what's, what's the gift? Like, it's the thing that you do the absolute best at with the least, with the least amount of effort. Um, that thing you could cook pie, pumpkin pie could be the thing that you, you cook the best with the least amount of effort. If so, come and come and let me taste it because I love a good pumpkin pie. And that is not a euphemism, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> like you could fry chicken, you could you could cut hair, you could mow lawn like old mate outside. That wasn't like, his best gift, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's the thing that you do the absolute best at with the least oh, amount of effort. Actually, well, so to... while you were off, uh, while you were paused, um. Oh mate's mowing his lawn, then his mower stopped. But all you could hear is, oh fuck's sake. Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could hear the as you were talking, I had to hit mute and the dog was barking as well. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> oh I love oh, I love people I in anger. Oh man, it cracks me up, eh? I've got a funny uh, lawn mowing story actually. I was with um a good friend of mine, Daniel Schaefer, back in the day when we were uh chefing. And we'd have to, we had to do catering and deliver catering. And we went to drop off catering to the uh, MBN studios, uh, old studios in the back of Cook's Hill. And, um, and I can't even remember the name of the street. But anyway, we, we pulled up around the front of Colesac, a big U-shaped street. And um, there's this old fella in overalls with the lawnmower and he's pushing the lawnmower. But what's attached to the lawnmower is quite astonishing. And, and I was the only one that saw it and I didn't have time to film it. But this old gentleman was mowing the lawn with a rope attached to the handle. And so what he was doing was there was a slope in the, in the, um, in the grass in the hill and he would stand at the top of the hill and he would push this mower down the hill while still standing at the hill, at the top of the hill. And he would then ring back the mower <laughs> up the hill with this rope. And I thought it was the funniest thing. Up here for thinking. He fi- <laughs> what a champion. Oh, it was just so funny. I lost it. And we hoped that he did it again so that Dan could see it. But um, it was just so funny. But, you know, it was, it was yeah, it made me understand and realize that we need to have a little little laugh moment in in time and 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 in life that was good that's a life hack right there it's like i'm not gonna i'm just gonna i used to like you said when i, I grew up in west Wales End, and there was a guy around the corner from my mum's place that always had immaculate lawn so the slope going down the hill was cambering from left to right as he looked out from the house anyways his lawn was always pristine and you could always see he was just always had a beer in his hand to his extra joy almost daily when i come home from work <laughs> Spraying the lawn with a two is extra dry, it always wave, and then you could always just about to the minute tell when he was going to crack another one. So, quite often, get home, get changed, go straight to the gym, and then you'd see one empty stubby on the driveway, second one open, and he'd wave at you again with, the, with his other hand. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, if that's what it takes to have an awesome lawn, I'm all for beers on the driveway and waving at young children, like it's it's fantastic. <laughs> and um, so I might switch it up for a bit here, Thomas. Uh, Every week, we have good storytelling in this section where we have a good old whinge wine sook. And I was wondering, would you like to join me in having a bitchy with Mitchy? You know, let's do, have a bitchy with Mitchy. Let's do it. Better than a batty with Maddie. That's uh, that's a whole <laughs> different podcast. Might be one to um, start, maybe. 
That's going to be a very, very short episode, I can tell you. <laughs> so, you don't give yourself much hope. Oh, mate, that was me being positive. <laughs> okay. Gosh, I was given a... Anyway, anyway, keep going. Okay, so moving on. Um, so what's is there something on your mind that's been pissing you off of late, or would you like me to go first and come back, or would you like to go first? Or I think we're on the same page with this one, uh, Mitchy. Um, and so I want you to start. Okay, so one pet peeve about me is that when people can see the way your name is spelt, they call you something oh. else. <laughs> All right, I wasn't expecting that one, <laughs> but okay. I. It's just like it's the name is called Life's a Mitch, and like, <laughs> I mean, I I try not to be all about ego, but come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was hella bad on my part. I know. <laughs> now I'll let you uh, take that one, but what what's uh, what I've noticed of late is in Sydney, um, the epicenter of the pandemic in New South Wales currently, cluster upon cluster. It is an absolute dumpster fire down there right now. And yeah. these protesters that think it's okay to go down there and protest being in lockdown whilst breaking a lockdown, um, no masks. So what they've affectionately done is try to represent everyone and go, this is bullshit, which I know that it's stressful for a lot of people out there. And I'm truly sorry to hear those uh, struggling. Uh, shout outs to the people in the greater Sydney area and anywhere else in lockdown. Um, but they don't represent me. They don't represent the masses. I mean, where do they get the right to say we're, we're representing those in lockdown and what we're going to do is, is affectionately add four or five weeks onto the existing lockdown. So to this, if anyone's listening to this, I say to you, if you want to protest, you have every right to, please just do it in the right way. You know, if you, in Newcastle, they had a quiet protest in the park, mm -hmm. socially distanced, and that's more, that's more effective than carrying on with it a group IQ of 50 carrying on like a group of dickheads. Like I just, there is a, there's a way to execute it. And all you, some like punched a horse in the face. I mean, come on. Disgusting. Why? Like what's, what's the horse done to you? I mean, did you ask him why the long face and he made at you badly? Like, come <laughs> on, mate. Like, I mean, stop horsing around and just get on with it. It's, um, I don't know. I just, in all seriousness, man, it just, it's frustrating to hear that people are protesting something that doesn't need to be protested really. I mean, you're better off doing a starting a petition and getting thousands of signatures. That way, people are more likely to hear about it. I mean, you've got 5G uh, celebrities and stuff. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, protesting the 5G tower going up in Byron Bay, and it's ironic because they're live streaming it using 5G. I mean, come on, why? <laughs> Yeah. Like to those who believe that 5G causes all sorts of stuff, fair enough. Like I'm not well educated on that, but I think it's no, ironic that the thing you're protesting is fueling exactly the very thing that you're trying. It's kind of like me protesting. I'm going to go with butchers again, but smashing a sausage roll at the same time. It's like, come on, I really, really, really want a sausage roll. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry AF, but like, does that make? So that, that's that's my bitchy. It's just that those thinking that they're representing the masses, but ultimately they're serving their own interests. hundred percent. And, and people and call me Matt. Um, Your turn, Timmy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hundred percent with you, brother. Um, I look at what's happened in Sydney and, and just is, I'm disgusted. Um, 
simply because, yeah, I'm not convinced that the government has been true to their word the whole time. I'm not saying that they have. But when it comes to the, the general responsibility of humanity to keep one another safe uh, and to do the best possible, possible job to keep us safe, why? Because it's love. When your compass and moral compass is on the foundation of love and loving one another as he first loved us, and, and even without that second part of that, that verse uh, or that scripture reference, love one another. Like it's, it's not hard to love one another. And, and when you, you take the anti-maskers, right? Uh, and, and again, if you've got an exemption um, that is cleared by the government, absolutely, I'm all for it. Um, that's your battle. That's not mine. I'm, I'm, my battle is I'm going to wear my mask to better my stance uh, and, and take my responsibility. Um, but when there's Christians um, that stand up and, and advocate for something that um, I don't believe is, is needed to be advocated for um, and fighting battles that they don't need to fight. It's, it's not only hard to, to deal with and grow together as, as humans, but also it's, it's hard to, to not hold back that angry state. Why? Mm. Because you trust and love them as brothers and sisters in our, in our faith to, to be responsible, yeah. right? We have doctors in the health profession that have been wearing masks for many, many, many years to, to increase the safety and to decrease the infection rate of, of injuries within the hospital uh, and, and within that patient. So why can't we, for a short period of time, wear a mask that might not affect the long grand scheme of our lifetime if we wear it for the if we take responsibility and wear it for the length that we need to and do it right, we won't need to have it for eight months or, mm. or eight weeks or, or beyond, right? It's a, it's a, from what they're saying, it's a two to four week kind of, not elimination, but to, to get rid of or to minimise the, the COVID um, exposure. They're still going up. We had 178 cases today. It's the highest it's been since last year. They're just going up. Exactly, right. And so let's take responsibility on our part, right? Yes, if you have a valid reason to, to get an exemption to not wear a mask, then, then get that. But also if, if you make a decision to leave your house and, and to think it's right to treat someone and to abuse someone because they've asked you to put a mask on, that's on you. Mm. That's a decision that you've made. You know full well that when you leave that house in the morning or in the day, that people are going to come against you and going to question you, right? And for you to not, look, you don't need to show your exemption. That's the government's rules. That's fine, right? But if it was me in that, in that space or in them shoes, I would carry the exemption around. Why? Because it's loving. I'm going to educate my fellow citizens that I have the exemption and here's the proof, yeah. right? I respect you enough that, that yes, you're going to be scared. Yes, you're going to be, going to be, uh, yeah, your, your bum hole is going to be clenched up because you've got no mask on, or you're going to be like uptight. But I'm not going to be uptight about it because at one, I've got my exemption letter in my pocket, and I'm going to give you a view of that at a safe distance, so you can say and you can you can see right, not abuse the the cashier at the local convenience store that you shop at regularly, 
Like that is absurd. Mm. And then for that Christian uh, and them Christians to turn around and, and come back to me and say that my my actions were were condescending to address the way that that person was treating another person. That's not condescending, right? I'm addressing their 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 actions. I'm not addressing the fact that they're um, they're not wearing a mask. And that was the argument. It was all about it was emotion driven. It was she she and and them were all ready to to arc up a conversation and argument. And you know what? I I'm all for advocacy. Uh, excuse me, I'm all for advocacy, right? But again, advocacy comes when you truly know yourself, Mm. right? Because that allows you to understand what battle you're facing and what battle you're going to fight for, right? Yeah, the one thing that ties in all these together is that the Christian group that you're referencing, these protesters, these, um, you know, everything, um, I'm not going to speak on behalf or about the Christian because I'm not educated enough to say it, but if you're going to make a stake, take a stance on something, vegan protesters at the local Bunnings in front of the sausage chisel, the people <laughs> trying to raise money, I mean, come on. Like, yeah. people like this, it's all about credibility. And if you don't have that, then you're wasting your fucking time. 100%. And so, like, for example, there's a YouTube clip that was getting around uh, earlier this year, I believe it was. It was a young girl. She was no older than 20-ish. And she, she was protesting in front of uh, diggers trying to raise money for their local Rotary Club or something like that. Yeah. Just a regular old sausage chisel. And she's there screaming, meat is murder. And to the credit of the guys doing the sausage chisel, they were calm, contempt. And one of them was like, what are you doing? Like, you're just, you're wasting your time. This isn't the place to, to take a stance. You think meat is murder? I mean, like, you can have your beliefs, but you cannot force. It's a dictatorship. You cannot force that mentality onto someone else. I have a friend who runs a cattle farm up in the Upper Hunter, and um, there was a, a group of vegan protesters that were breaking into, like, trespassing on people's land, um, destroying infrastructure like gates, pumps, all this stuff, and we're letting the cattle out. He's like, one, you're fucking stupid because you're letting the cattle out of a paddock onto another one of my paddocks. Two... <laughs> You want to talk about animal welfare, I mean, you can see how well they're fed. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but these cattle were grown and, you know, they're there for to feed the meat market. It's it's unfortunate. You want to talk about animal it's, welfare. It's if you put if they were to put cows like that out to pasture out into like into society, chances are that they're used to being grain fed and they're used to generally cows that are farmed are more docile, like chickens or anything else. And if you were to put them out in the wild they'd probably die anyways because they wouldn't know what to do or where to go. So what they're doing is potentially very small-minded and they're not thinking about the ramifications later on. Now, I was talking to my friend about this and he said, like, you know, you know, I could have them charged for this and that and and then I'm the one who has to pay the bill for the damaged goods. So ultimately, all they're doing is just farmers are doing it tough enough with this drought and shield, yep. you know, the drought and stuff like that and now COVID. And you got these young people that, want to say that veganism is the way okay if you want to be vegan fantastic power to you i don't need to know that shit okay you know don't force your beliefs onto someone else so it's the same with religion it's the same with anything that you believe in okay 100 and i that my real bitch in general in life is that people you need to 
you can't always tell someone else what to do. If you don't accept that someone chooses to, to walk a certain walk or support a certain team or whatever it is, then that's okay. If you lose sleep over if someone is eating plant-based products or not, you're a fucking idiot. And I would say this to anyone out there. Um, if you take offense to it, I'm sorry, but if you force your beliefs on someone and you don't get your own way, that's, that's the same as being a spoiled little brat. And that mentality is not going to carry you very far. No. I'm Matt Kelly. <laughs> Amen. And, and, and totally agree, brother. Like that, it's just like, it's not, when I said unfortunate before, it's not unfortunate that, um, that cows or, or livestock are grown for the purpose and nourishment of our body. Why? Because it was in creation at the very beginning uh, in, in what I believe is the, the, the Bible as, and so like, yeah, okay. It's, it's not the, it's not good that we're killing animals, but like, it's the, it's the, the construct, it functions, you know, we must eat. Yes. There are some very skilled and very talented animals. And yes, there is an animal heaven, I believe. Um, and, and, and our pets and, and all that are, are going to be with us. If we make a decision to follow Christ to being in heaven with us. And so like, it's, it's ludicrous to me to that people like you, you look at the greens, right? Like just this is one, like it boff, baffles me. They will stand there with their 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 signs, right? They're like the greens. Yep, we're all for it. But what material are the signs made of? <laughs> oh, how good! They're corn flute, right? They're plastic. They're not biodegradable, right? It's it's not green. You might have the color green on the on the the branding. Like it's yeah. It, it, there's there's a lots of loopholes and and things that aren't miss, hitting the mark in every aspect so, and like and, and we can't become or we can't again we can't advocate for the things that we want to if we don't fully understand it like i i will advocate for love every single day because i know what love is and i know who created it you and get I know more out of people package it you get more out of people if you're warm to someone you know, oh, spoke to a is, spoke yeah. to Alan about this, and spoke to some of the workshops he's done with workplaces, and he said like culture comes from management down, and if management don't have this superior inferior complex, if you just respect someone, love them enough to like in professional sense, hey, do you mind doing this as opposed to you'll do this? Um, so it's 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 things like bridge the gap, be the light, be better than someone, you know, like, and if you want to take a stance on you want to protest something, do your research first, learn the market and find a way that's going to work because carrying on like a spoiled little sow isn't going to do anything for you or your group or the fight you're trying to achieve. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my bitch. And, and, and to, to finish on that, like if, if I wanted to be an advocate for my family, um, especially my, my little sister, I had to strengthen my, my storytelling ability. Why? Because it's the language that we use in the way that we say stuff and deliver stuff that that is the systematic systematic oppression yeah right? that's right that's, there, the, that's the bread and butter of this podcast the storytelling exactly right and so when you when you stand in, in a room at a family group conference with uh, the the government and, and in general conversation you hear them say things like final orders is coming we're going to have them till they're 18 right and and chloe's 11 that's seven years they're going to have them in the system yeah right but then when we get to a family group conference and we hear that we're all about family restoration and family 
um, family growth and family, family this and family that. Well, what's final orders? That's not restoration because I've seen a restoration process that's quicker than seven years. So I'm not going to sit here and stand here and let you speak your, your language over my family and not focus on the true reason, right? I stood in front of a, uh, two caseworkers and I knew that I hit the money because it turned to one, uh, one caseworker crying. And I don't care that I've had caseworkers crying in front of me because it shows my, the, the, the intention. There was pure intention within that room because it was personal. And, and she had, uh, exact, as I said, pure intentions to, to help that and to make sure that, they, that she restores family uh, effectively. But her training, her training stops her. Everything that her training gives her uh, restricts her because she's now doing a job that she has been trained to do. She Comes has been trained. Exactly. She has been trained to, to uh, respond personally in that situation, to put the waterworks on. Not directly, but indirectly, there have been times that she would have been taught to deal with conflict resolution. And she played it well. And so, but the thing was, I stood there and I said, I could have five professionals in this room for that mother. And the first thing that come out of a caseworker's mouth is I'm not worried. We're not worried about the mother. That's systematic oppression. That's taught. And that's what I'm pissed off about. That's my bitchy with Mitchy. You're right. Things are taught, not born with. People aren't born with racist issues. People aren't born with bigotry. People aren't born with fantastic mustaches, you know, like, People aren't, you know, these things take time and some positive like the mustache. But so, you know, once again, the best thing out there, credible, your execution has to be spot on. You have to research what you're doing and you just have to, you also have to have an open mind and be prepared to cop ridicule and feedback because if you're passionately trying to get a message out there to people, there's always going to be backlash. So mm-hmm. I do this podcast. Not everyone agrees with some of the topics or some of the terminology. Oh, yes, that's okay. I take it in stride. I work on what I need to work on and I'll make it better for the next episode or whatever it is. You know, we can always evolve. We yep. can always get better. So, you know, if someone is in the industry looking after people and, um, you know, your training states this and that's all you do, you're never going to grow. You need to take the training, take, you know, the best approach that you think possible and humanize it as well. Because at the end of the day, we're all capable of making mistakes and we all, we will. It's part of being human, um, mm-hmm. you know, except me because I'm Mitch, not Matt. And, um, and uh, so, yeah, my message to everyone out there is if you take anything out of today, apart from a few laughs, is just be kind, be patient, and uh, you'll go far in this life. So if people want to find you, Thomas, or they want to hear you on the airwaves, once again, let's get one more plug. Yeah, uh, Rammer FM 99.7 um, here in Newcastle is, is the station that I am part of and the radio station. Um, Miramar for Life is the, the program from Monday, uh, Monday 7.30 to 8.30 is an Indigenous Christian radio program um, that is homegrown here in Newcastle. Um, you can get in contact with me from Facebook, Instagram. Um, you can also get my, my uh, little side hobby, um, which we actually haven't even talked about, brother. What's your side um, hobby? Tell me about that. Well, it's it's really cool. Um, it's gonna it's called Newy Car Club. That's right, Car Club. Um, so we are uh, dreaming and visioning of a, a re-centralised uh, car community here in Newcastle, and so we want to centralise all the little hobby groups 
that that go for drives and and go connect with each other and we want to centralize it with the big mission and goal to to increase value uh into the lives of of these guys here in newcastle and the owners and the members and yeah, so cool. um with the ultimate the ultimate goal being a racetrack in this in the in the city and the, uh, sorry in the region so we want to produce um a car entertainment precinct that that caters for all our our rev heads and and all our hoons um so that we can have that space and and not have that on our roads because i see our roads as, as gold as streets of gold and so uh, i don't want black marks skid marks on on them gold streets so i want to produce that facility uh, for that and with the help of the members I, I strongly believe that we are going to to get that so um, yeah, so you can connect with me through Newey Car Club, uh, Instagrams or um, Newey SC, Newey Supercars, Newey Modified Cars or Newey Classic Cars. I'll, so, keep, I'll uh, definitely, they, I'll make sure to include the, the correct spelling in the bio. So the message is skid marks belong in the toilet bowl, not on the roads. Um, yes, skid and, marks but yeah, well, well, Actually, first, I'll ask you, what happened? What was going on? Because... There was a, a a DA put into Lake Macquarie Council about having a like a car facility out at Fassifern. Do you do you know what's the latest with that? Um, I think it was yeah Wakefield possibly around yeah, that, area. that way somewhere. Yeah, um, I strongly believe um, if the information is credible um, that they're putting a heavy rail line straight through the guts of that site. That um, yeah, I, and if it if it wasn't War, uh, Wakefield, it was Morissette. So there was two sites um, that we did talk about when I met with the Lord Mayor's office a, um, a couple months ago, but they are the the worrying concern about my site is um, they're bringing that same train line in through Hexham, and I'm not sure where it's coming through in through Hexham because that's uh, I'm praying in Jesus' name that they're not going to split that property in half um, because that's where I'd love to a beautiful central location very prominent location in the there city um that same that same um uh, uh, i guess you could call it application or that same like design is designed to go out the back of west walls and homesville out to wakefield that way um so it'll be right. interesting to see what happens coming up but uh yeah so yeah for, i'll make sure to include correct spelling all that sort of thing and um yep. yeah i'll um i'll make sure to chat to you about that with you soon but as for today, mate, thanks for your time. And um, that's episode 44. I'll see you so around. 44, let's go. Yo, yo. Thanks, guys.